Hello everyone, welcome to the Sunday Nationals preview podcast. I'm Stuart Ward, one of the journalists, and I am with Richard Walker, Sunday National Editor. Hi. How are you, Richard? I'm good, thank you. I'm a bit tense because I'm starting to think about the front page right now and <laughs> I'm not really got it nailed, so um, yeah, I'm sure it'll happen soon. Great. Um, so let's just go straight into it then. Don't want to waste time since we want to get that front page out for people. Ideally. That would be that would be good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what we got coming in tomorrow's paper? Uh, the big thing that we're looking at clearly is life after Theresa May, um, who resigned in tears last week. Uh, well, this week, last week for the paper's yes. purposes. Uh, well, it's a bit tricky that, because in the paper we call the week that's just gone by, the last week and next week, so well, when we're speaking it's still Saturday. Boring, I know, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yes, so we're looking at life after Theresa, particularly Boris Johnson, um, who is right now the favourite to be her successor. Um, we're looking at what impact that might have. Clearly, from our point of view, it's interesting to think about what might happen in terms of Scottish independence. Is he liable to be any more likely to give us a Section 30 than Theresa May was? And is his um, succession to Downing Street liable to move public support in Scotland towards independence? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the answer to the first one is he's probably not going to be any more likely. I think the answer to the second one is... Yeah, I mean, clearly there's evidence, and we're looking at some of the evidence in the paper, that Boris Johnson is not popular with Scottish voters. Um, We don't want him, mainly we don't want him to be in Downing Street. We we don't want a no-deal Brexit. The combination of those two things is liable to make more people think of independence as a more viable option than continuing to remain part of the UK. So that's interesting. I'm looking at, at the repercussions of that. Yeah, there's a lot to, to get through as well. I'd imagine we're going to be a bit of looking at some of the possible contenders. We are looking at the possible contenders. I mean, I think there's something like 20 possible contenders. We're not, thankfully, looking at all 20, but we're looking <laughs> at the, the ones that are... There are five so far that have said that they will uh, go for the job. Um, Mike Hancock is the most recent one, he threw his hat into the ring today. We've got Boris Johnson, we've got Rory Stewart. So we're looking at the five main ones and we're looking at some of the more likely possibles like Dominic Rabb, um, Andrea Leadsom. So we're looking at what the bookies' odds are for them, what they stand for, what they would aim to do in Downing Street if we know that. So, yeah, and we're looking to see, I, I guess, whether any of them are more likely to find a way out of the Brexit impasse that has pretty much stalled the process for, it seems like months now. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it seems like forever. So we're looking at that. We're also looking at Open Democracy's um, re- work on the money that has gone from Aaron Banks to Nigel uh, Farage to see a bit of the background around that. Um, and we are looking at uh, the one of the one of the things and most interesting things I think we're looking at is a story by Greg Russell. He's looking at the the. I guess there was some some suggestion that maybe because she's only cried when she made her speech that we should somehow feel sympathy for her as a person. Um, he has amassed quite a lot of evidence to um, suggest that people we should be feeling sorry for are the victims of her hostile environment that she's created to make immigrants in Britain and Scotland feel less comfortable here and less part of our country and worse than that split up relationships and tried 
to stop children from coming here and succeeded in some cases, tried to send people who had been here for a large number of years back home, most notably the, the Brain family that the National campaigned for, and that campaign was successful in getting, up to, getting them to remain in Scotland. Um, so we're looking at the people who um, went through emotional torment, really, as a result of Theresa May's hostile environment. And not only emotional torment, I had to spend lots of money in fighting the Home Office to try and get to stay here. So I think the, the point Greg is making is well made, that there are people who really do deserve our sympathy, and Theresa May is not one of them. No, I mean, that's kind of what the front page of the Daily National was saying as well today. Absolutely. When Rush Grenfell... You know, it was only in 2017 where her government deported LGBT, right. LGBT people to Afghanistan and told them to act straight. That, that's so they right. Didn't die. And I think when somebody is so emotionally upset as, as Susan May was when she was making her her farewell her resignation speech, was that a resignation speech? When she was announcing the date yeah. of her resignation, <laughs> it, I don't know what you call that. Anyway, when she was making that speech this week and she was clearly moved and emotionally upset. It's only human to start feeling some empathy for that person and start thinking, feeling a, a bit sorry for them. But it's it's valid to make the point that we should remember who really suffered as a result of her um, entering Down Street and staying there and, and indeed being Home Secretary for a while. So I think that's a valid point to make. And I think it's, it's good not to, you know, just to remember that Theresa May did some very bad things mm. to some very good people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, as well as obviously that, what's the big focus is on after Theresa May, what else can we expect in tomorrow's paper? Right, we have a, a, a two good features, news features by Karen Goodwin. One is looking at the fallout from the story of Katie Allen, who's a young girl who died in Pullman Young Offenders Institution. Um, and uh, we have an interview with Katie's mother, Linda, and we're also looking at the notion of so-called suicide cells in, in Pullman and those are cells where somebody who is feeling um, suicidal or, or, or has mental health issues if when they raise them allegedly with the, the, the staff at the prison they're put in these so-called suicide cells which I think sound very much like a punishment mm. for feeling those, those things rather than a real attempt to help them and campaigners and activists are now suggesting that we should um, do away with these suicide cells because they're causing problems rather than solving them. Um, it's a very moving interview with uh, with Katie's mum, and it was a, a very tragic story. And we hope that as a result of the publicity generated by the issues around her death, then that will prevent future deaths in in. in, in and in other institutions and jails. So I think that's a, an interesting story and um, I think it's I think our readers will find that uh, something to, to get involved with, maybe to campaign for, hopefully. Um, also, um, we're looking at um, the risks to cyclists on our roads. Um, the number of deaths um, is, is concerning mm. and we're looking at what needs to happen, what action needs to be taken to make our roads safer for cyclists. And talking to people in that in that community um, who definitely feel that something needs to happen and something needs to be done um, just to reduce the risks that they feel when they're, when they're out cycling on their roads and in, in, in our cities. So those are two very strong features. And we're giving an advance um, on the International Children's Festival in Edinburgh and looking at some of the, the, the some more interesting um, 
theatrical works that are mm. part of that, that festival, so that's quite good. And um, we're also looking at um, town centres in Scotland. Had more shop closures this week, um, and indeed, um, Phil Philip Green's uh, Empire announced some closures a couple of days ago and they've now said today that the number of closures are doubling or more than doubling actually from 23 stores to 50 so that's a bit concerning and I think the number of shops shutting in, this, in, a, in high streets is a little bit worrying it's not really a story of despair because Scotland has actually been doing some good work in this area to try and minimise the effect of that and to try and repurpose our high streets because it's clearly one of these trends that shops are going to close and there are all sorts of reasons for that not least of them being the, the move to online shopping so clearly there's not going to be as many shops so what do we do with our high streets given that that's a fact and Scotland has been doing some good work on that and indeed other countries are, are looking to copy some of the work we're doing on that so and while it's a troubling trend Scotland is doing something good about that so it's a positive story in, in so much as as, as what Scotland is doing, so that's quite good. Yes. So yeah, packed paper. Yeah, it is, and uh, we've got some stuff from the ferret as well. We have um, the, the ferret is looking at uh, links between um, officials at Scotland, keep Scotland beautiful, and a lobbyist who described the European Commission crackdown on the use of plastic bottles. He described that crackdown as a, a witch hunt. So there, there does seem to be a little bit of a, a biff there in terms mm. of. Uh, the, the 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 main aim of keep Scotland beautiful. Yeah, so well, lots of details on that, and we of course have our seven days broadsheet pullout. Indeed, um, we've got a really great front page mm. this week. Um, I think it's Hula, um, who make the Handmaid's Tale, have done a mini series of uh, Catch Twenty Two. It's not been shown in this country yet, but the reviews I've read of the first episode were were tremendous. Um, so. There's a big buzz around this. I think it's going to be shown in the UK relatively soon. George Clooney was behind the whole idea to make it and appears in it. So it's a, it's a very strong cast, very strong reviews. Written, of course, by Joseph Heller, who is sadly no longer with us, but um, the literary editor of the former Sunday Herald, Alan Taylor, uh, did a big interview with Heller when he went out to visit him in uh, New York, or outside New York. Um, so... That was a, it's a really good good mm-hmm. interview. Heller is a bit of a character, certainly. And I think Alan, when he was there, he was having a bit of trouble finding a way to get to, the, to, to Heller's house and the best way to get there. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that Heller was not particularly sympathetic to his plight. So, very interesting character, brilliant author, obviously, and some great insights into yeah. how, the, uh, how the book came to be written. And, and, and I think Heller, when he wrote it, didn't quite understand the impact it would have and there was a big there was a problem around the actual the, the title of the book um, which um, it wasn't called Catch 22 at one point I can't remember it was a Catch 18 or something like that and there was another book had been out with a similar title so they had to change the number of it and they had a big debate about what number was the best came up with Catch 22 which stuck obviously and uh, it's now this iconic thing yes. to iconic phrase that you use in reference to you know, situations yeah. that reflect the situation in the book. So great, it's a great, it's a great read. Yeah. Some nice behind the scenes looks. Uh, Absolutely, really, yes. And Tula have made some amazing TV, so it's probably going to be worth watching. Recently. I think it will, and, and um, as well, indeed, the third series of The Handmaid's Tale, which comes out, I th- probably will be on our screens before Catch 22 mm-hmm. as well. So we need to look at that, which reminds me, we need to look <laughs> at that quite soon, <laughs> because the first two seasons were brilliant. 
Yeah. Harlots is another underrated Hulu one, but I mean, well. Yeah, yeah. One thing at a time, we'll stick to the seven it, days for it, now. We shall we'll stick, stick to seven focused. days. Let's, let's do that. Um, <laughs> we're, we'll launch our like TV review podcast at some point, I'm sure. But Are we going to do that? Not quite. Yeah, I don't think we should. We should do that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've also got quite a uh, dear Pratt as usual, in seven days. What's yeah, he, he is about? writing about the Blue Helmets, which is the United Nations Peacekeeping Force. Um, next week, sees a day to commemorate their work and celebrate their work, and he's looking at um, the, 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 the function they serve. There's not, it's not an overwhelmingly positive um, view of it because they have some people in the, in, in the forces have been involved with um, not exactly praiseworthy things, and that's fine to make sure that people are aware of that in the interest of transparency, but also just, you know, clearly it's worth worth mentioning that their mm. job is a very dangerous job and a very worthwhile job to do. And David's talking about some people that have been, one, one private in particular who died in, in the course of his duty and was awarded a, a, a top honour for, mm. for doing so, um, for, for his actions, for his heroic actions leading up to his death. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a thought-provoking read yeah, yeah. on the, the Blue Helmets. I mean, and the, the way the, the kind of nature of their jobs changed as the world changed as well. That's yeah. right, yeah. It's really yeah. Uh, it's, it has changed, but no less vital. Mm, indeed. Uh, and we have our 10 things. Uh, Alan Bissett Alan is Bissett. Uh, the subject of 10 things this week, which is really interesting. He, of course, is a playwright and author, I guess a performer as well. Mm-hmm. He's done uh, some, some great work on stage, so he's telling us uh, the things that changed his life, and some of them are, are very interesting, some quite surprising, um, some good music in there as well. So. <laughs> yeah. We've also not quite escaped Game of Thrones yet. Andrew Tickell is... I know, well, we did. I mean, our front front page last week, we did a kind of riff on Game of Thrones mm. with Boris Johnson and Jesus uh, May. To be honest, I mean, it's kind of applicable this week as well. It, it um, definitely is. You could, have def- you could have done it again. Or I was tempted to do another Game of Thrones, but <laughs> too much of a good thing. But last week's was very popular, and thank you to the 700-odd of you yeah. who retweeted it. It, was, uh, it went very well on social media. And yeah, it, it's, it's a tempting thing to do. But Andrew Jekyll is, like, is sort of drawing comparisons well. between yeah. it, it works well, yeah. you think? I mean, Stuart's a big. In fact, you were featured uh, on our front story, page of yeah. Seven Days last week um, about your, uh, your the website you helped run, mm-hmm. uh, the Game of Thrones website. So, how are you, how are you coping with your um, withdrawal symptoms? I'm just hanging on the, on the documentary this weekend being a. Uh, uh, an, an interesting behind the scenes look at what was quite a chaotic season. I'm, I'm not not having any kind of withdrawals from that yet. We're going to see how this goes. But oh, there's three pe- three prequels to look forward to. I think oh, so they're working on a ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of drafted, but I don't know how many will get made. One's going to go into filming just yeah. now. Uh, Let's not prolong the talk about ga- about Game Thrones. Uh, but let me ask you one question: As a someone who is steeped in the whole show, mm. did you think the last episode was generally thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm going to say thumbs up, and, oh, I'm, and I'm going to say controversial. that. I'm going to say it because of the last thirty minutes. I like I in Sansa Stark being queen of an independent north. Not just yeah. saying that for political reasons, yeah. convenient to Scotland. Although that's a bonus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, and that made me happy since I wanted that for quite a few years. So mm-hmm. I can understand the um, the angst. Yes. You, so you don't want it remade because presumably if they remake it, then she will yeah, I don't no think longer be no, Queen of the North. No, I don't think I want it remade. I think it's hard, as you say, you might have other good good things as a result of remakes. It's a hard balancing act. It's a, but well, I mean, the, I don't think we'd get quite the budget 
unfortunately. <laughs> and, I do, and I do not imagine what that dragon would look like on a low budget. <laughs> yeah, that's that was true. That would be yes. quite scary. Yeah, and you do want a dragon flying off with his mum and do. the claw. Then, then again, if they did remake it, we'd probably get an excuse for another front page out of it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> so let's, 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 let's remake it. So no, we're not going to do that in the front page this week, although, to Kel, do you think that to Kel yes. works? Yes. Right, <laughs> so that's another good thing to look forward to at the weekend, yes. This is live behind-the-scenes discussions about the paper right here, making decisions yeah, on absolutely, air. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, let's, what can we talk about? Let's <laughs> talk about what you should do in the front page. No. Uh, and so, obviously, you've got packed seven days, and if you, if you keep your eye out on Twitter, within the next few hours, you'll see a full run of what's on it. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, the front page of seven days is done. It is done. And it'll be front page of the newspaper soon. itself is not, but will be soon. Very soon. Very soon, he said, looking at his watches. And... Um, and yeah, and also we've obviously got our Scottish Life magazine this week, and which has got a kind of look at well the two big features as well as the usual kind of award-winning restaurant reviews, etc. Is um, we've got a look at the Maggie, a criminally underrated Scottish film, I think is what they call it roughly, yeah. and um, an evaluation BBC. of the BBC. BBC's one's interesting because there seems there's it's, it's there is a difference of opinion, I suppose, even in how successful the mm. new channel has been, and I think. Critically, certainly the, the the news show the nine has. I don't think it's fair to say it's been a critical critical success. I think it's steered its way through difficult waters since the BBC is largely, very often, accused of bias by independent supporters. And indeed, our story last week on the front page was again about Question Time, which is the main source of independent supporters higher. Mm. Um, however, The Nine has largely escaped those criticisms and so has Debate Night on the new BBC channel, um, which has, has you know, had some deserved praise. Mm. So, I th- and yet, there is a suggestion that viewing figures are not high enough. Mm. Now, me personally, I, I, I really want the viewing figures to be as high as they can be because I think... Um, Anything that suggests there is not an appetite for Scottish news on television or in print or online, I, I think I think that suggestion is is not right, um, and I would hate to see any evidence the viewing figures being used as evidence of that lack of interest because I don't think it's true. And also, I'm not sure how you judge viewing figures um, in terms of is it just live figures or what? What about people who watch the show and catch up TV later and so it's it's, it's quite difficult to know exactly what what would be a success anyway in mm. terms of viewers so it's a thorny thorny question and yes. I think it's it's a good for us to look at it and see what, what's going on mm. there. And no one wants to fail it certainly don't want it to be set up to fail I think as well. Well absolutely I mean we, we don't want it to fail um, and it sh- doesn't deserve to fail because there's some great talent on it and it's it's generally done very well I think personally, uh, there's an issue with putting a news show out at nine o'clock Damn up pissed. against the main drama offerings on BBC One, peak time viewing. I think that's a difficult gig mm. to to get reader, viewers away at nine o'clock from you know the big shows to watch the nine for an hour. Um, I think definitely people would, could watch it later. And I'm not sure how you, you do, as I said, I'm not sure how you count that, that those, those people. Anyway, I think um, there is an issue for me about the timing of an of o'clock news. I think it, the whole channel came about because people wanted a six o'clock news mm-hmm. and 
you could say it was possibly an overreaction to the, the demand for a six o'clock news. But nevertheless, the channel has done the nine is good, debate night is good, and it's had some really good shows. So it's a welcome addition to the television world, definitely. And you can read about it in our magazine yeah. at the weekend. Plenty more info in there. Indeed. So thanks very much for joining us, Richard, and giving us a little heads up. And thank you for listening, everyone. And we will put our, our, promo, our promos on social media tonight, as I mentioned, and hopefully you'll all buy the paper tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, 700 retweets last week, so it would be nice to um, have more. <laughs> let's, let's go for yeah, more. Let's go for more. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Thanks.